As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Come home with me. I am... Patting Floss, probably the most famous dog in Scotland. Jim's beautiful one-year-old border collie. She's just gorgeous. Oh, I know. She's beautiful. As I say, she's a pet first and foremost. But that is your intention to I mean, get her trained up. Yeah, she's very keen. She's mad keen on the sheep. So, yeah, more like my girlfriend's uncle. He trains sheep dogs up in Kenloch Bervey. Oh. And I thought about putting her out, but, but, but it's a bit like sending her to boot camp, you know. Yeah, she might yeah. come back like a, a Vietnam veteran, you know, no fun, you know, just scarred for life. But very good at sheep. If she if she doesn't make it a sheepdog, um, I'm sure she could play for Scotland. If she'd be a Scotland Ducks football team. It's great first touch there. So where are we off to now then? We'll just go up the hill. The yows have just been getting turnips. I get turnips from Stuart's at Toft Hill. Normally they're in the cobs by now. Uh-huh. But with it being that bloody wet, oh, it's been uh, awful. Yeah. it would just be a waste of time giving them cobs unless you could find a really dry bit of ground. So, Do you want me to get the No, 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 sure. it's, it's, it's a burrach here, oh. don't you worry. Um, so, so this is all the yews, they've all been scanned but they're not split up yet into their lots. Oh, okay. They're actually coming yeah. in this weekend to get their, their pre-lambing jags. And they're looking far better today because even sheep are wet. Oh, I know. And yes. especially anything that's a bit thinner and the, the longer wool, they just look miserable. Yeah, they just start to look yeah. dejected, don't but they? at least up here in this far, there's a lot, lot of trees surround the farm. Oh, it's think, stunning. So. These are just amazing. So that's... Um, well, yeah, 300, almost 360 yep. degrees. So you're looking south yeah. to Perth, and there's a tea down there. Yeah. That's beautiful flat land down there. A lot of wow. carrots and tatty. Yeah, yeah. A lot of carrots growing down there. The basically end of the Sidlaws is pretty much for for your scene. Okay, yes. Yeah. And then you're seeing away up. That's basically the start of the Grampian Hills, so you're away up. Uh-huh. You, you're only like 30 miles from Glen Shee here. Gosh, yeah. To the ski. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. So, have you done any Munro bagging in your time? No, I'm actually wanting to start that mm. up because uh, now I'm 41 and uh, I because we've been to Braemar the last few years and it's just beautiful. And yeah, I was wanting to, I feel there's a lot of Scotland I'd like to see. So, um, so much, yeah. Um, uh, not so much maybe Munro bagging, but there's some lovely walks. I want to walk, uh, you can walk from Braemar to. Abbey Moor, it's called the Larry Grew. And oh, um, how many miles would that be then? I think it's like 26 miles or oh, so. Right, so yeah. it's, you could do it in a day, but yeah. I, there's some bodies you can stay in. Uh-huh. So you're going to have to get one of these backpacks for the baby, aren't you? 
Yeah, we're, we're retired <laughs> in Perth. Oh, uh, yes, there we go. That'll get you sorted. God, <laughs> aye. You know, we're gig to get all the gear out of there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, funny you said that. Aye, I am actually would like to do a bit it's more funny cause, walking. It's funny because, well, I'm the same age as you, and as soon as I hit 40, it, it was like aye. I had to, like read more books and do yeah. do more significant Aye. stuff and Absolutely. yeah I, I don't think i'm ever going to bag all them in rows but no if i could do 30 or 40 in my life absolutely and, so oh, i'm no good at 10 maths, a year that's only one a month yeah but then well, it's quite, it's, some of them are quite challenging to do in the winter because you need enough daylight hours absolutely to get all the way but then there's some you can do you can nick three or four in yeah, a day like apparently yeah once you're up that yeah. height you know yes well, you want to get out, it's um, more a bit windy. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell us a pretty bit about the breeding of these sheep, maybe, if you don't mind. Yes. And then... Um, they're all kind of white face sheep. We used to traditionally buy um, uh, cheviot uh, yows from Laird. Mm-hmm. Some, some of them still do. They would be crossed with texels. And then, oh, we started a few years ago putting a blue face leister up to them to get a cheviot mule, just to get a mm-hmm. more prolific mule. And then putting them back to the texels. I used to run some Suffolk tubs as well, because... Oh, Dad, I like the Suffolk, and uh-huh. it's a good, you get a good weighty lamb, but then traditionally I don't really keep Suffolk sheep for breeding, you know, it's usually more white-faced sheep, so yeah. I kind of bin that, I only got one Suffolk, it's mainly all Texels now, and then we get the, we pick the, keep the best of lambs back for, for breeding. And do you like, do you like the sheep over the cattle, or you kind of... Um, oh, a bit of both, mm. I, I like the sheep, the fact that, um if it didn't have cattle, you could you could just about sell your tractor and things and just have a a, a quad mm, bike and a, mm. a. I like the sheep that you could basically get away with just having a dog and a stick yeah, uh, yeah. to an extent, but um, they're a bloody nightmare too. I mean, they just they, especially this, a lot of stress on them this time of year. And mm. There's odd casualty. Or, well, there's always odd one. Dying, with, there's always mm. odd one with a bad foot. And yeah, I've got a foot bath now. That's made a big difference, but. Another reason I like the sheep just now because the trade's flying. <laughs> I've, yeah, yeah. I've luckily I've kept back some lambs, so <laughs> I, I've got finishing lambs in the shed there behind Mum's house where you park the car. The... I know it's, it made me laugh because we recorded an episode at the NFU Scotland AGM Aye. a couple of weeks ago, and um, it, it's that old kind of adage like you know farmers are never happy. So yeah. we spoke to this farmer. Why are you so grumpy? Because I'm grumpy because the sheep price is so high just now. I was like, yeah. well, why are you grumpy? Because I already sold mine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there always seems to be, no matter how good you think you've got your lambs, there's always somebody comes in and gets a higher price, <laughs> you think. Yeah. What is he doing? Oh, but, um, away, yeah. but, aye, but I enjoy, I would, I would actually love to be more arable. As I say, I got my neighbour in to cut my bar last year, but I'm going to I'm gonna buy a combine, because um, last year, uh, just with the, the, the wet weather, he was struggling to get his own cut, mm, and yeah. then by the time he got to mine, some of it was buggered. And, yeah, you don't always have, want to have to rely and, on. And any accountant yeah. would say, "Oh no, you can't justify having your own combine." But I'm only needing a, a an old ten foot or something mm-hmm. that can work for three or four days. Yeah, and yeah. and folk will laugh at this. I think I'm daft, but I, I really uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy mm. a physically driving a combine, or I love. I'm no more happier when I'm sitting on a on a plow. And the tractor. Yeah. So I, I would love, as much as I love here in the stock, oh, sorry, I would love to be. I have 500 acres of that land down That's there. A you know. Calming oh, ringtone. Oh, it's <laughs> so annoying. I 
fucking phone. I'll leave a voicemail if it's that desperate. And um, I suppose also it's that is a good opportunity for your mind to, to churn over when you're driving a plough for yes. several hours and, and yeah, do, they, do the diversification job yes, at the same I, time and get it, some aye. of that material. Yeah, yeah totally. You'll see me stopping now and again to stop and write a joke, you know. Yeah. <laughs> is that harder then when, you, when you're feeding cattle and stuff because you're kind of busier, so your brain's uh, kind of on the job rather than necessarily aye, thinking about jokes? Feeding the cattle you can kind of do with your... You can shut all your brain off a wee bit, mm, you know. Mm. So that's what I tend to wonder. Yeah. Um, like so when I'm ploughing, I'm enjoying it that much because I get Spotify on, I get all my tunes and pretend I'm a teenager again. I, I just Singing tend to loud. just switch off from yeah. everything. So. Yeah. In fact, we need music. We'll, we'll get a radio in the Lamin Shed. And after my dad died, I, I got a radio for the shed just to have some... Uh, like. Ken Bruce or somebody on, you know, yeah, just to have a, yeah, just have that a, a bit of noise, banter. you know, because yeah. it can be quite quiet at times. Yeah, and um, you're also, I think, really supportive of RSABI as a farm charity as yeah, well. Yes, I. Um, because farming, I guess, you know, you're out and about meeting a lot of people because of your other job, but farming is a pretty lonely you know, occupation if, if it's I. your only occupation. yeah. Do you think you would suffer from that if you weren't out and about doing other things? I don't know. No, I wouldn't be. No, actually, to be honest, I quite like my own company. Mm. Don't mm. tell more like that. But I, I, <laughs> I do. I'm quite happy on my own yeah. at times. See, it suits some farmers quite well. But it, folk are just different. And mm. folk, folk like going to the market. I mean, you'll see folk go to the market once a week, even if they're not buying or selling. They need to get out. I think that's why farm sales are so popular because there's there are not so many of them now. Folk don't go just to buy the machinery, but just to catch up with people and local shows are important. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one that kind of whole. I know there's been a lot of emphasis in the last five or six years on mental health and farming. Mm. And young farmers did the thing like you are you okay and all oh, that yes, kind of stuff. Yes. No, are, are we still it, the highest industry for suicides yeah, and things? I think so. And I think yeah, there's there's too much of a perceived stigma, isn't there, about seeking help and yeah. it's they're trying to break down that barrier and say, you know, if you if you're physically unwell, you'd go to the doctor and ah, see yes, about I know. it. But and uh, trying to encourage people if you know if they're feeling as though they've got mental health issues yeah. to, to go and to speak to somebody, even if it's just first of all, just like you were saying earlier, right. you know, get the support of your next door neighbour and then yeah. and but then I, seek help. I think there's a difference between being lonely and having company but not being able to talk about mm. it. I think that that's mm. the difference because, I mean, I don't know the, the figures and I know it's a bit morbid, but I think there are folk that take their lives but they haven't been physically lonely they're working with people that they, yeah. they maybe have family, you know, but they're bottling up. Maybe it is financial mm-hmm. pressures or just they're unwell. And that's yeah. uh, the ones you have to watch. Maybe it's the ones you don't notice. I mean, I don't think I make a conscious effort. It's different now because I've got more I love me. And I've always been fortunate. I had mum mm. on the farm. But I think if I wasn't doing my comedy, uh, well, I, I try and go and see St. Johnston now and again. It's good mm-hmm. for comedy material. And I make an effort. I'm lucky I've lot of my, my best college pals were from here. So oh, I make an effort yeah. to meet up in the pub and watch a Scotland game or something now and again or go around for tea or whatever. And I'm on the Perth show committee. It's even just something yeah, like that. It's yeah. like Saturday night they've got our, it's our director's dinner. So 
um, I think I would value a lot of these things more. But yeah, absolutely. To, to socialise and see people yeah. and share experiences. Yeah. The thing about the comedy, it's um, it's something completely different because farmers are well, they're they're only happy, I suppose, when they're they're meeting other farmers mm. and talking about farming. But <laughs> yeah. the, the likes of the comedy is something completely different, and I absolutely loved going down to like perform at Glasgow Stand on a Saturday night because it'd be packed and there was an atmosphere it was just something completely different mm. you know mm. and how yeah. do you think the urban uh, audience take to some of the farming comedy Good, fine I think because obviously you want to go for the, the mass market although without the rural things very much my roots mm-hmm. and the kind of core and that's why I'm uh, maybe I'm a bit different than, than your skinny jean comedian <laughs> but at the same time you're wanting to try and track I would love to be able to entertain loads of folk. I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's just trying to find a balance that a uh, majority of folk. It, it's trying to retain that uh, thing about being authentic, and 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 using coming growing up in the rural Scotland as your kind of base. But at the same time, you don't want to be as narrow minded for you only folk in yeah. Perthshire are going to get it. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. you want to expand. So I would like to think I could entertain any audience. But Glasgow actually has a huge kind of Highlands and Islands and, and it, because traditionally folk would leave the Highlands and Islands and go to Glasgow. Glasgow. But yeah. nowadays, yeah. you know, the student thing and all the rest of it, because it's so big, so the central belt's so big, so even if you're you're only appealing to maybe 10% of that, uh, that crowd, they're going to come and see you. That's still a hell of a folk. Yeah, oh God, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what do you think? Obviously, you, life will change a wee bit in July when you become a dad. Yeah, yeah. But um, even kind of taking that into account, what do you think your kind of comedy, long-term comedy ambitions are? Uh, well, we're, we're doing... We're hopefully going to get a pilot episode of The Farm. That's the thing on oh, iPlayer. I heard a rumour about that. Yes, yes. So we're just waiting on the BBC giving us the go-ahead. Chris Forbes, who I write it with, uh, we've kind of got... the. Uh, a kind of rough pilot script there, ready to go if if we get the, the uh-huh. go ahead. But the important thing is to keep my my farm diaries going out every couple of months, yeah, because uh, yeah. that keeps you out there. And, and I owe I should say that if it hadn't been for that, there's no way I could have done a big tour like last year. Mm-hmm. That that's really helped me massively get my stuff out there. So, yeah. um, so keep doing that. Write I just trying to write a new hour. Or, hour and a half for for taking on tour next year I do a big tour of Scotland next year I think and just keep you know like I'm un- very fortunate I'm breaking the news mm. uh, ugh, there's two or three other things coming through so this whole thing might just be a bit of a fad now or a fashion so you know five years down the line uh, everyone might want a change or I might be wanting a change you know so I, d- I don't know who knows yeah uh, it's hard to you know let's yeah. just have a I kick at the ball yeah, now and see yeah. where we can take it. And if not, I'm not, I'm not worried because I don't think I want to be in my mid fifties trying to break through. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only forty one just now. I know it'll be different once Bobby comes along, but uh, it's no different than trying to look after subtler cows and, and <laughs> no, four hundred exactly, sheep. So, exactly. You'd need you know, every day. Yeah. And um, as long as I can uh, just try to write 
new material and, and have an appetite and a desire to do it, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it. But the farm will always be behind me. Yeah, exactly. you know. And I guess with the comedy, if there ever gets a point where you think, oh, do you know what? I'm not really enjoying this anymore. Then yeah. you can just pull the plug. You know, it's it's all in your control, isn't it? Yes, yeah. aye, totally. Yeah. I mean, folk asked me if I not went down south or that yet. I mean, the furthest south I went is Newcastle. It's just maybe the time thing and I would need to get better organised and it need to be worthwhile us doing that but the ultimate step would be to get noticed of someone for like going on live at Apollo or something like that you know but mm. that's a different type I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't think I'm broad enough for that I, I don't know but just now I'm, v- I'm very happy with where we're going and, yeah. and the tour last year was just phenomenal so we'll just see what the craft yeah, is, no like. boundaries and no limitations, but also maybe no expectations. Aye. You just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was just to focus solely on my comedy, I think I'd get quite down. Well, not down, but I think it would scunner me. Mm. It mm. would totally scunner me if that's all I had to do was just yeah. gig and gig and yeah, gig. It's all right if you're selling pressure. it to thousands, yeah. but I'm quite happy farming, and I know that. And this might sound a bit big-headed, but I'm relatively confident to know that as long as I've got a good show for next year, that I would be able to maybe, you know, do Aberdeen and Inverness oh, and Perth yeah, and yeah. Edinburgh and places like that. And yeah, it's interesting. I I'm Scottish, but I don't sound it because I grew up in England. But I've noticed. You tell me to shut up if you don't want to answer this. Quite a few times today, you've said, "Oh, I don't want to sound big-headed," but. You're very humble and modest, and I think I think it's a Scottish trait to to be humble, even yeah. like even if you you are selling out gigs at you know live at the Apollo or whatever, you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, I don't wanna, you know, big headed. <laughs> People should be proud yeah, of no, their achievements. Yeah, don't don't be modest. I know, you know they are, they are, and I just find it. Yeah, everybody, particularly in yeah. rural Scotland, is yeah. so modest about what they've done. If you'd said what you'd said without the preface of I don't want to sound big-headed, but... I think you just don't want folks saying, oh, God, no. who does he think he is? They don't, and they probably wouldn't, but everyone always worries about that. I heard this... Uh, I mean, I listened to Radio Scotland once, and I think it had been a, a guy that... I don't know what he'd been good at. I think he was the World uh, Highland Games champion or something. Say he was like the World caber-tossing guy mm-hmm. or something. But he, his daily job was he worked in a builder's site oh, and he, he came away with like a gold medal or something, world champion. But he says that was the best thing for bringing them down to earth back in a Monday morning, just, yeah. you know, mixing and cement. Exactly. In your case, the animals, the animals don't Did know. <laughs> they don't know or care how famous you get, do they? Um, know. You know, even Floss doesn't, isn't no. even aware and they're just still expecting fed and looked after regardless. Aye. Aye, absolutely. Regardless of whether you've been on TV that, the, the night before or not yeah it's oh, interesting Mora gets annoyed because well, I've been going out for three years now and it's only the last couple of years where I've, things have taken off for me mm. so folk <laughs> folk ask somebody asked Mora did you know Jim before he <laughs> not made it but before he became successful uh-huh. Mora's like no I I knew him when he was shit <laughs> you know, I am not I'm not in love with him for his fame and money. <laughs> she was really annoyed I about that. Stuck it out, and I'm still. And it. she has. Yeah. She is actually because you've all to start somewhere. And more like bless her, she'd come down to pick her off off the train for the rest of the Friday night, take her to some bloody 
gig somewhere. Oh, right. I was yeah. maybe getting 50 quid for <laughs> some men's club somewhere or that. And she stuck with me. Yeah, like, so you knew she was a keeper. Her, you know. She was, like, dedicated yeah, to the course. Yeah, you know, so it was nice to finally repair a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Buy her a patio. Her <laughs> French door. <laughs> I don't remember what year it was, but I remember a friend and I came into Edinburgh and watched you during the Fringe oh, right. at the stand, and and I Morag thought, was featuring thought... in your set, and we oh, came, right. we came away, oh, and right. I said to my friend, I was like, "Do you think Morag's real?" Yeah, well, especially <laughs> with that name, yeah, like Morag like from Inverness. And she was like, "Yeah, I definitely think she's real." And I was like, oh, "I don't know." I was like, "I think maybe it's because exactly that." I was like, yeah. "You couldn't, you couldn't pick." Yeah, the name and her where think, she's from better if you tried. <laughs> not real, but uh, no, she's definitely real. What do all your family members think about it? Uh, oh yeah, great. Because like Carla and Claire, are quite go ahead people, and mm. they've got their own businesses. So I was kind of lagging behind a bit. So um... yeah, they've both got they've <laughs> both got their different diversifications, yeah, yeah. and now yours is even more unique yeah. than that. Yeah. So um, uh, delighted. I really delighted for us. Yeah. I'm very proud of them. Actually, they've done done well in oh, both respective yeah. things so yeah. we're great and we're quite a close family actually I'll, I'll speak to them once a week or that or have a mm. blather you know so yeah. even though Claire lives up at Fraserburgh you know we'll keep in touch and know that they're they're great and not at one point even when I was starting off in the early days or, or especially mum you know maybe if there was I don't know enough going on here not at one point did she say did they ever say actually what you doing, you know, is it a bit yeah, daft? Yeah, they supported right from the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe if I was constantly dying on Mars. Eh, and, <laughs> somebody, somebody, you know, somebody somewhere would have told you if that was Yeah, well, the yeah. audience yeah. just wouldn't have laughed. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have got booked again. But yeah. I've just been very fortunate. It reminds me a wee bit of Miranda, you know, obviously Miranda. Oh, yeah. Because um, she's got her, like, her on-screen mum. Yeah. And then quite often she's on TV with her real mum. And I was yeah. thinking when I was seeing, you know, watching you, I thought, oh, I wonder how I wonder how Jim's mum thinks about feels about the on-screen mum, whose oh, name I can't remember. But Anna, she's the Annie granny Louise from, Ross. She's the granny from Katie Moore. Yes, that's how yeah. remembers her. Um, she's yeah. lovely. Is, is she good? She's yeah. lovely. Has your mum met her? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they filmed the farm up here. I thought. I thought. I had, yeah. So yeah. it's great. I don't. I don't. I don't have to go anywhere. So she's yes. just from Dundee. Oh, is she? Oh, uh, so handy. she. She totally gets. That was important. Mm-hmm. We didn't want a, a Glasgow, a person trying to put on an accent. We wanted uh, somebody that knew about how they talk up here, and, yeah. and so being from Dundee, she knows mm-hmm. about going to the berries and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. she's she just just great, and she just looks. She just looks the part. Oh, of, she does. You know these yeah. old farmers yeah. mothers that are yes. as hard as nails, you know. It's yeah. like I don't know if you remember the before farming life, about ten years ago there was a thing called the farm I think it was just called the farm actually, and it was a documentary. It was like farming life. Yes, and I was a, a bit involved with that because I was working for the NFU at the time aye, and aye. we worked with them to find the farmers. Yeah, so aye. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I think there's one old wife, uh, one old mother, I think she's driving the JCB for the guys up clearing gutters and all, and then, then she's in making the porridge and, and just, it's kind of old hardy. Yeah. You yeah. know, and they were all probably brought up milking cows, you know, with no heat. Houses yeah. with no central heating. Oh, and gosh, yeah, hard. They would have had a hard life. A wee, yeah. I mean, we don't know how lucky we've got it. I, I know we moan about farming, but like my granddad's generation, we come out in the morning like this and, and cut neeps. You know, mm-hmm. cutting neeps for cattle and things like that, and physically bending down and 
cold weather and chucking them into, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, and uh, no quad bike to go around and check stock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know there was always plenty, and you know, labour was cheap mm. and all mm. the rest of it, but God, it was a pretty tough shift, I think, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even things like stooking corn, you know, go out in the blazing sunshine and uh, be all right if you were on the on the, the reaper, you know, behind the horse. Yeah, that's the yeah, fun job. Yeah. But then you've got the folk having to stook the sheaths yeah. and the, the, oh, the, the stalks. Yeah, your hands and your you. torn to shreds. And then yeah. what happens if it pisses with rain? Or, or uh-huh. the, the, the technology is funny because yeah. I always, um, when they first brought out the first combine harvesters, they must have thought it was amazing. You know, this machine mm. that can cut and thresh. Some of the com- early common harvesters, they didn't have a, a grain tank on it to fill in a bogey. It was a bagger unit. They would fill these like 200 weight sacks of oh, wheat okay. on the yeah. combine yeah. and then just drop it off at this, in the field. Uh-huh. So then another Somebody's guy had to come along and lift it off the ground. And all before the rain came. Yes. Oh. You know, like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like, we, we, we're, you know, we're bloody lucky, you know. Oh, yeah. Far, in so many ways. Out. Yeah. And even just like, even just take Twitter as an example. You know, people are sharing, farmers are sharing so much knowledge and information and stats and and support, even just through that one example of of a a social media platform. So if you add all them together, people are so lucky in terms of what they can learn and share with each other just through technology. And that's even before you've got, you know, the GPS and the tractor and this, that and the other and all your... Yeah, you know, no, nitrogen. definitely. It's funny what you're saying about Twitter. Yeah, because I follow a lot of farmers on Twitter, and some of them are brilliant and um, good at finding their corner and, and, and sharing the technical information too. But mm. you can get sucked into it too. And I, I try not. I, I try and put a funny tweet out now and again. But if you're to sit and scroll, I, I can see why folk get bogged down and yeah. so embroiled in it. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of like sticks and stones thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't take it. You know, folk get, and you see these threads, the debate threads. Mm. Like I just stay away from all yeah, that, and yeah. you know. And it's the same with the Instagram get, generation, yeah. isn't it? That like, you know, people are portraying these perfect lives that, yeah. that have, you know, because because it's taken them a week to set up one photo to make everything look like it's ideal. <laughs> but today, it genuinely is sunny, sunny. and blue skies. No, it's the first day. I think Sunday was a good. It's the first day the sheep have just been sitting, lying, content. Happy. Yeah. And that must be a good feeling for you. Yeah. yeah. So they're looking quite well, actually. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Before this kind of wet, it's only since January it's been really mm. wet. The back end wasn't too bad. They were looking. There was plenty of grass. They're looking well. But yeah. now that I will get them started on the feeding now, and the, they'll get yeah. their jags, and the, it's the next six weeks is crucial for them, really. So yeah, it's kind of that's when o- the onwards and upwards the now. And when the weather's yeah. like this, you start to feel optimism, yeah. don't you? But that's what I said earlier about March. Mm. You can get a couple of days like this and, you, you know, folk get ploughing and all of a sudden the ground dries out yeah. and it can turn and you can maybe get some fur on the grass and things. It's mm. it, I love this time of year from now on. I love it. Well, like a couple of men. I know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be enjoying this episode because Jim's a really fascinating and interesting guy, but 
please also go back and have a listen to some of our previous episodes. We've got an interview with Doddy Weir. Jim Smith actually um, is a passionate supporter of RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust, and they were the subject of our very first podcast. So, so you go right back to episode one, you can learn about how they're educating children throughout Scotland about food farming and the countryside. And we've also got episodes uh, with SAOS and the National Farmers Union Scotland and uh, a host of others. So go back and listen to our previous episodes. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jim. Oh, no this. worries. Um, thank you. you. Want I think people are going to hear the real story behind. Hi. You are just so lovely, aren't you? You are just so lovely. Yes, you are. Foss has already been... I mean, she's only... what We've only had a, a year, actually. And she's been in uh, two episodes of The Farm and I Player. <laughs> and she had a cameo role in the Borgowry pantomime. <laughs> Famous dog in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> she knows it. You know. <laughs> she might be get, getting a big. If you're not, she might be getting a big head. Oh, she's just a darling. Everybody dog. knows me. Look at me. Oh, yeah. she she does have in the nicest possible way. She does have a bit of a diva. Yeah, a diva look, doesn't she? Because we've been trying for a dog for years now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this episode of the On Farm Podcast. It's been great to have you with us as always. We're on Twitter if you want to get in touch. That's at on underscore farm uk also the first half of our chat with jim smith was last week so do go back and listen to that if you haven't already and thanks again for joining us